0: Welcome to God Day, I'm Derek Walker, the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church, and today I want us to look at the armour of God and standing for the Lord. And we're going to start actually by going back to um, 2 Chronicles, chapter 16, and a famous verse is verse 9, so we'll start there. It says, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. And notice that what God really wants is our heart. That's what God's interested, that our heart would be loyal to him. And the, and the, the concept is amazing. God is scanning the earth for anyone whose heart is loyal to him. And, and the implication may be that there aren't that many, but if he finds one whose heart is loyal to him and he sees into the heart, then he is ready to show himself strong on their behalf. His power, his blessing is going to be released in their life. So the number one thing is that we need to make sure that we give him our heart, we give him our loyalty and our trust and our devotion. But I want to just briefly look at the story surrounding that verse uh, because it sheds some light on on some issues uh, even that we face in our society. It says in verse 1, 2 Chronicles 16 verse 1, in the 36th year of the reign of Asa, Basha, the king of Israel, came up against Judah and built Ramah, that he might let none go out or come in to Asa, king of Judah. So here we have the northern kingdom of Israel attacking Asa and Judah in the south, and uh, And so, how is Asa meant to respond to this? I mean, he's the anointed king, and he ought to have his heart focused on the Lord, trusting in the Lord for the victory here. But instead of trusting in the Lord, he does something else. And we see that in verse 2, then Asa brought silver and gold from the treasuries of the house of the Lord. This is that which belongs to the Lord, in the house of the Lord, in the treasures of the temple. And who does he give it to? Uh, And of the king's house, and sent to Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, who dwelt in Damascus, saying, let there be a treaty between you and me, as there was between my father and your father. See, I have sent you silver and gold. Come, break your treaty with Bashar, king of Israel, so that he'll withdraw from me. And so, rather than trusting in the Lord, he is trusting, as it were, in in God's enemy, the, the king of Syria. Uh, the, the, really, the, the, and which comes clearer later on, that Syria is, 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 is the enemy of Israel. And so what, they, what he does, instead of trusting in the Lord, he takes that which is the Lord's and is willing to lose it, to compromise, to get, as it were, Syria on his side, so that he's trusting in Syria rather than in the Lord uh, against his enemy. And so his heart is not loyal to God, but rather he's just doing what's expedient. And he's willing to sacrifice the things of God, the treasures of God, just so that he can have peace right now. And we'll see how God responds to this. So, and verse four and five and six actually says that in, in the short term, he is successful. Um, the, the king of Syria actually does, does uh, takes the money, and uh, he actually uh, stops the, the king of Israel. And, uh, but, unfortunately, um, that isn't the end of the story. Um, verse 7, Then the prophet Hanani the seer came to Asa king of Judah and said to him, Because you've relied on the king of Syria and you have not relied on the Lord your God, Therefore the army of the king of Syria has escaped from your hand. Were the Ethiopians and Lubium not a huge army with many chariots and horsemen? Yet because you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hands. And here comes the big verse. for the Verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, not, not just for, for the Jews, but for anyone, to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Trusting in him, loving him, and this, and in this you have done foolishly, therefore from now on you shall have wars. And so what Asa did was to have a bit of peace, to solve the immediate problem, instead of trusting in the Lord, who he can't see, he trusted in something, a worldly solution, you see, um, to give that immediate relief but that was just a short-term fix. And he says, because you haven't been loyal to God, you haven't stood for God. In fact, you, you didn't value the things of God, you sacrificed the things of God, you gave them away, just so you could have peace. And, and in a way, the king of Syria represents the world. And, and we're tempted sometimes. He said, oh, give up your values, give up your, your Christian values just so you can have peace with the world, so that the world won't uh, think evil of you or the world won't persecute you. Um, to get them off your back, um, just go ahead and give up your treasures. And, and, and of course, that tactic doesn't work because if, you don't, if you're not loyal to God, he won't show himself strong on your behalf and then evil will come even more against you. And, and really what Israel did in that situation, sorry, what Judah did, what Asa did, was actually show weakness. He actually demonstrated to the king of Syria that actually he wasn't loyal to his God, that he didn't trust in his God, he didn't think his God was very powerful, and that, and that at the moment of pressure, he's going to cave in. And so it wasn't that much longer before Syria started oppressing Judah as well. Because of that lack of faith, it's, it says that's going to bring more oppression on you in time. Because when you compromise your faith, you, you actually have a maybe have a short-term relief, but then evil will then feel free to make more ground in your life. And so the key is, in living in the world we do, there are many pressures to compromise our faith, to give up the treasures of God for a bit of peace and, and relief. And, uh, but remember, if, if your heart isn't loyal to God, he won't show himself strong in your life. But if you keep stand strong and be loyal to God, he will see it. He's scanning the earth continually, and he will show himself strong on your behalf. So the question is, how can we stand strong in an evil world? And here I want to go to Ephesians chapter 10. And here he gives two keys for us to stand strong against the powers of evil. Ephesians 6 verse 10, let's start there. We're going to look at the spirit of God and the armor of God. Verse 10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now here he's talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. And earlier in Ephesians, he talks about the power of the Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead and made him alive and raised him to the right hand of God. And that same power is, has actually been released into our spirit, made our spirit born again and caused our spirit to be raised far above principalities and powers and caused our spirit to sit down with Christ in the heavenly places. That power has already been released in our spirit. That's Ephesians 2. And then he says in in Ephesians 1, he says, I pray for you that you might have a spirit of wisdom and revelation, that you might know the mighty power of God that is available to you in your life right now. And it's according to the power that raised Christ from the, the, the dead and raised your spirit from the dead in the new birth, that same power is available for you right now in your life. And in particular, here in Ephesians 10, he's bringing that concept to bear And saying, that power, that power of the Holy Spirit is available to you right now to stand strong in the spiritual battle. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Don't be strong in your own strength, but draw upon the strength of the Holy Spirit. He's he's the one that will enable you to stand strong and keep your heart loyal to God in this spiritual warfare. And so he says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's talking about the spirit of God. But then he goes on and says, put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And so he talks about the wiles of the devil here. This is the, the methodius, the strategies of the devil, the, 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 the ways of the devil. He's, he's methodical in trying to... Make find a chink in your armor and cause you to compromise. And so he says, in order to stand against the wiles of the devil, we need to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, but also we need to put on the armor of God, which really means the armor that God gives us. And what we'll see as we look at the pieces of the armor is that he gives this armor to us through his word. Really, it's his word and his spirit working together. There's the power of his spirit, but to put on the armor is, is primarily about receiving the word of God in our life. And as we do that, we become armored up and protected against or any onslaught of the evil one. And so he says, um, put on the whole armor of God. And then, he, then he's going to describe it. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So he's talking about the spiritual warfare that we're in, whether we like it or not. As believers, we're in the spiritual warfare, and there is the kingdom of darkness and these principalities and powers trying to work against us, and the battle is over our hearts. The battle is over whether we will stay loyal to God and to his word, despite all the pressures coming to us through the world, through Satan, who controls the darkness of the world system. Uh, and he tries to work through our flesh to do that. So we need to be armoured up if we want to play, uh, stand in the spiritual warfare and play the role God wants us to, to play as a Christian soldier. Um, and, and it's just an interesting fact that Paul, when he wrote this, was in under house arrest, in a in a house or a flat in um, Rome, and he was chained to a Roman soldier who was no doubt wearing the different pieces of the Roman armour, um, maybe a centurion, and so Paul could look at this uh, Roman soldier and see the analogies to our spiritual armour, and so. He says in verse 13 he says therefore take up the whole armor of God we need the whole armor that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand stand therefore so notice it's all about standing strong in the Lord in his power and this armor enables us to do that it protects every part of us and notice he says in the evil day there are certain days that are evil that that you know we, we live in a way in, a, in an evil day um, but also in our lives there may be particular attacks that come against us and then it's particularly important that we are armored up in in that day so he then goes into detail in, in verse 14 he says stand therefore having girded your waist with truth and here he's talking first of all about the belt of truth that went around and this belt was the essential piece of the armour because everything was attached to the belt. The breastplate was attached to the belt and then also the the sword was was put in the belt. Um, This belt was vital. And so if this belt was loose, everything would fall off and be loose Um, without the the belt. that's like the foundation of the armor, and this belt of truth is called the belt of truth, and this is the truth of the word of God. You see, in the spiritual warfare, we need to be wrapped around and have a, the belt tight, the belt of truth tight on us. This is all the the truths of God, the promises of God, needs to be wrapped around. We need to take the word of God, take every promise of God, and wrap it around us. And so that it's firmly established on us that we've embraced this truth. You you know, if the the belt is loose, then everything else is going to fall apart. So the belt of truth, if the belt is on, you're you're ready for action. Um, We should wrap ourselves in the promises of God. There's a story of of when a a balloon, uh, one of these dirigible balloons, went went up in the air. And there were men working and they were holding on to the rope. Um, dangling down from this balloon, and they went up, and some of them uh, kept holding on, afraid to, to drop to the ground and but one by one they dropped off they couldn 't hold onto to the rope, but there was one man who stayed up there for half an hour an hour until the b- balloon could be rescued and they said, "How on earth did you hold on to so long and he said i didn't I took the rope and I wrapped it around myself and and then it was easy because they It held me and so we need to wrap ourselves with the truth of God what God has done for us in Christ who God is God is faithful God God loves me. I'm a new creation in Christ and so forth And we wrap ourselves in all the promises of God and we said I believe I receive them There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ and when you've got that belt of truth on you you have the foundation in place to stand in the spiritual warfare all right, now the next one, it says, is having put on the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness which protects your heart. And Satan's main attack in the spiritual warfare is condemnation. He's the accuser of the brethren. And he's basically saying, you're no good, you're rubbish, you've sinned, look what you've done, God can't do anything for you. And if you accept that, then you're paralyzed and, and you're, you're, you're defeated. And, and so God has, prov- it's the armor of God. Notice it's not your righteousness, that would be your armor. Your own righteousness, your own good works. If you say, well, I've done this, and I've done that, and I've done that. That is like a, 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 a string vest full of holes. It, it won't protect against anything because whatever you might have done, The enemy can point to all the things you haven't done or the things that you've done wrong. That's no armor at all. No, this isn't your armor. This is the armor of God. Put on the armor of God. And God provided that armor for you, really through the gospel. When we believe in Christ, his righteousness is given to us as a free gift. It's called his imputed righteousness. And we are clothed with the righteousness of Christ. And if you embrace that truth of the gospel, that I am now the righteousness of God in Christ. That righteousness becomes a breastplate. So when the enemy comes and says, oh, you're no good, I'd say, no, I'm in Christ. Christ has forgiven me. There is no condemnation for those in Christ. Praise God, I am. uh, Praise God, I I am uh, free from condemnation. Hallelujah. And then that is the righteousness of Christ. And then as we walk with God, then yes, his righteousness, his imparted righteousness begins to flow in our lives and we bear the fruit of the Spirit. But that's, that's also the righteousness of God that flows from God in Christ, but it's backed up by the imputed righteousness of Christ. That's what we stand on. So that if Satan points to our failures, we, we, we look to the righteousness of Christ and that we are clothed with his righteousness. So he has no grounds for attack. So that's a very important piece to, of, from the word of God to have armoured up in. And then it says in verse 15, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And, and what that says is as you, we go into the world, we must always be ready to preach the gospel of peace. You know, when people attack us in some way uh, or, or question us or oppose us, rather than feeling we always have to win the argument, what we need to do is see, this is an opportunity to share the gospel. Whatever way they slander God or, or they criticize, we should always be ready to share the gospel, the gospel of peace. And so they might attack us and we would find a way of responding, using their words and say, ah, but God loves you and God wants you to have peace with him. And, uh, and rather than take the attacks personally, we turn it into the gospel. They say, why does God allow the suffering? Now, maybe we talk about how Christ took our sin and our suffering on the cross. Praise God. And we always, in, in, in interacting with the world, we should always have this readiness to share the gospel of peace. That, that shows that we're ready for action, ready for the Bible. We should be armed with the gospel of peace. And notice that is our shoes. That's as we go. We need to have our shoes on. And that gives, and the Roman shoes had long iron pieces so that they had a good grip in the ground. kind of like studs, so that we have a firm footing. So that is the gospel of peace. And then it says, above all, uh, taking the shield of faith with which you may be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And the Roman shield that's being talked about here was like a big door. It covered the whole body. And, and it's the shield of faith. Now your faith is your faith in God's promises and you, you have faith in God's heart for all that God says. I am your victory, I am your, you know, the Lord is your strength, he's your victory, he's your righteousness, he's your peace, he's your shepherd. You know, we believe these things, but when it says taking the shield of faith, it means lift up the shield of faith in front of you put that faith out there in front of you, between you and the enemy. And the way you do that is by your words. You confess your faith. And by confessing your faith, you release your faith. And, and so every, you, we should declare, as the psalmist does, Lord, you're my shield, you're my strength, you're the lifter of my head, you're my shepherd, you're my righteousness, you're my healer, you're my victory, you're my sanctifier. As we declare our faith, we are putting up that force field, if you like, that shield of faith in front of us so that any fire of uh, fiery darts get extinguished. Praise God. So we don't wait to be attacked. We put up that shield right now by the confession of our faith. And that's the shield of faith. And then it goes on and it says, and take the helmet of salvation. And that literally means receive. God gives you this helmet. You receive it on yourself. And he talks about this in 1 Thessalonians 5.8. But in that case, he says, he talks about the helmet of the hope of salvation. So this is talking about our vision for the future, our future hope that one day Jesus is going to return. He's going to save us. He's going to complete the victory in our life. Like like he said, keep your eyes, keep your eyes on your future salvation. And it's a confident expectation of your future salvation. In all the that evil going on around and all the bad stuff happening, if you focus on that, if you look through the visor at all those problems, you'll get discouraged. But if you keep your focus on the Lord and that he's the victor, he's going to bring everything out for good. He's going to work everything for good and for your glory. Praise God. If you see through the visor of his helmet of salvation, you won't be put off by all the stuff that's going on around you. And, and see, he says, receive that helmet of salvation. And, and like Jesus said in Luke 10:20, he said to the disciples, don't focus on yourself, don't focus on the problems. He says, rather rejoice that your names are written in heaven. In other words, put on that helmet of salvation where whatever's going on around you, however dark things are, you see the end result. You can see God's victory through it all. And so you do not lose heart in that warfare the devil it protects your mind you see the devil can't play with your mind because you know however bad it seems to get god will have the victory and god's glory will be accomplished and then it says uh, and the sword of the spirit which is the word of god and the sword was in the belts remember it's the belt of truth It's the belt of where you wrapped in the promises of god you know the promises of god your belt is on, and then out of that belt you can pull the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And the, the Word of God there is the rhema, or the spoken Word of God. And so this is exemplified by Jesus when Satan came to tempt him. In the spiritual warfare, how did Jesus overcome Satan? He, he said, it is written. What was he doing there? He knew all the promises of God. He knew what God had said. He knew the truths of God. And what in the, in the moment when he was under attack in his mind, he pulled out the belt. Out of the belt, he pulled the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, the spoken word of God. And he said, it is written. And that's him taking that sword and applying it to the enemy. And he says, it is written. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and so forth. And that's the rhema of God. That's the spoken word of God, which is the sword of the Spirit. What that means is, when you take a a truth of God out of the belt of truth, it becomes a sword. It's a sword of the Spirit. And as you speak the word and you say, it is written, I am the healed, I am the blessed, I am forgiven. uh, Then it's the sword of the Spirit. The Spirit of God is released. As you speak that word, And it says the devil was defeated by that, and he he had to to leave. And so that's the sword of the Spirit, praise God. And so you've got to have the belt on, then you can take the sword of the Spirit and apply it to the enemy. And and then it says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And so this is how we're armoured up by the Word of God, and then we are particularly ready and powerful to pray in the Spirit, praise God. And, of course, you can pray in the Spirit, but when you pray in the Spirit, you, as you wrestle against principality and power, then, you know, you, you need to be standing in the strength of the power of the Spirit, you need to be armoured up with the Word of God, and then you, you can stand in that place of prayer, and you can be effective for, for God. So be strong. Let your heart be loyal to God. Hallelujah. And the Lord will see your heart being loyal to God. And the Lord will be strong in your behalf as he promises. The Lord's eyes scan the earth to see whose heart is loyal to him. And he will be strong on their behalf. So be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. Hallelujah.